I didn't think there'd be vampires on campus. We must have been at about 40,000 feet when it happened. <gasps> what was that? You are the Slayer. One girl in all the world. Did anybody say that? Yeah. Guess what? I feel better. Guys, where are we? Hello there, Sammy. Hello, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> wow, what a big entrance. How you doing Happy there, Sammy? Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. Although for our listeners, it's already been 2021 for about a week and a half. But happy Tuesday to you, listeners. Happy Tuesday. Yes, welcome. It must be Tuesday. That was a running joke on Buffy because oh. Buffy aired on Tuesday. Oh. There were times where characters would say, oh, blah, 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 something in danger must be Tuesday. Oh, wow. We need to co-op some of this for our uh, podcast promotions. Like blah, yeah. blah, blah. Must be a Tuesday. Danger, danger, must be Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> we're kickstream potting, must be Tuesday. How was your Christmas, your New Year's? I, I We actually haven't really talked that much. Uh, it was great. Um, I think the one thing we should definitely talk about really quick is our murder mm-hmm. mystery party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That was oh, a good that time. That was so fun. Yeah. So you guys had one at work, which made me really jealous because I, um, first of all, love murder mystery parties and murder mysteries in general. Clue is my favorite board game. You were so jealous. Yeah. I was so jealous. I was like, invite me, bring me in. <laughs> I was like, just trying any way to get in there. So instead, I... <laughs> I told Dave, I did not ask him, I told him that we were going to be hosting one of our own. And he was like, okay. And frankly, hosting virtual parties is a hell of a lot easier because there's no making food for people. We don't have to clean the house before or after. It's great, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so we did a 1920s murder mystery. Yeah. And it was, you, you won... I mean, not that we had any prizes, but <laughs> if we did, you would hands down have won. Thank you, thank you, best, thank you, thank you. Best performance. Oh, that's so VIP nice. VIP thank as you. fatty belt buckle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a little, I was a little like, okay, what's this character all about? You know, <laughs> but I, I was like. This is going to be so bad. Pat's going to be so pissed at me for yeah, signing him. I've been this working character. all year to but slim down. But I knew down. that you would pull it off. <laughs> Thank you. And I also was like, well, I texted you. I was like, hey, did I... you read your character? I was like, uh huh. Yes. And I... I headed it off. I was like, I want you to know that this is not a comment uh-huh. on your physique because I have told you so many times how skinny you are. Yeah. And, and now I don't know my how, name what percentage you believed it but. is fatty belt buckle. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody could have pulled that off like you could have. Thank you. That's so nice of you. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. Your friends were fun. It was a good time to get together during COVID on Zoom with a bunch of peeps and just yeah. become very silly. <laughs> I, I just felt like, you know, we've had so many holidays where we're just like totally non-traditional, not seeing people. And I just really missed like hanging out, celebrating with my friends. Not that I'm someone who always does something crazy New Year's Eve. Like I don't really, but it just felt like a good opportunity to bring some of my favorite people together and do something fun and and celebratory and dress up. Yeah, it was fun. Good times. So thank you for that. You're Um, welcome. What's new with you? What's going on? Anything new to report and talk about? Today was the first day I was back at my studio. How'd it feel? 
it was pretty good. I was a little bit worried that I was going to, I don't know, I had this fear that I was going to walk into like pipes bursting or something like, because there was a, there was a like slight power outage and I got a notification from my security system that like the power had gone out, but it went right back on. But I was like, what if the heat didn't kick back on? Like, what if it doesn't know it's supposed to go back on and the pipes burst? Yeah. So I was a little nervous about that, but everything was fine. Good. Nothing was stolen. That's a Not that positive. it would have been. I would have gotten a notification from my security <laughs> right. system. Get a security system. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was good. Other than that, what about you? You got anything new going on? I don't think so. Any, like, any cool gifts, maybe, that stand out to you that you got, you know, over the holidays? <laughs> uh, I got some movies, some Blu-rays, oh, of course. Cool. Yeah, some okay. 4K Blu-rays. Very uh-huh. exciting. Um, most of which I just bought myself, and then I threw in the closet, and I was like, that's my <laughs> that's my presents, okay? <laughs> so just wrap them on Christmas. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we do gifts now. It's so exciting. But other than that, um, it was low-key, low-key holiday uh just around the house and such but it was fun you didn't get any other gifts that you want to talk about i don't think that so. were really cool from cool people that are oh. cool <laughs> i did get one more <laughs> gift that was really fun i got this mug yeah that says kicking and streaming on it, it has our logo what? yeah oh my god yeah who got me that oh i forgot yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Yeah. Whoever got that for you also sent me one. Oh, check that out. That's the same mug that I got. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it also came with a bunch of pencils. Yeah. It's, and it's Bloodwell colored it's on the inside. B- Bloodwell red on the inside, which is very yep. exciting. I used it yesterday while I was editing the podcast. And it made editing the podcast much easier because it was a big old mug of coffee it's the yeah. right size too the big mugs are yeah my size gotta mugs. have big mugs gotta have big mugs i hate i refilling. like big mugs and i cannot lie <laughs> yeah and the pencils say in case of vampire emergency use as steak yeah at kickstream pod such great swag i know maybe we should start selling it start selling it or just sending it to our top fans yeah top fans right in you want you want a pencil you write in Right, <laughs> we'll send you a pencil. You <laughs> yeah. have to sharpen it yourself, though. Right, we ain't sharpening that. That's extra. That costs extra. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, that was that. Let's jump into Buffy, shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Season two, episode one. When she was bad. The original air date is September fifteenth. 1997 and it was written and directed by joss whedon cool last episode we just discussed the season one finale of buffy so uh we asked you to make some season two predictions yep and so i pulled those as well as just like one other one that i thought was relevant so one of one of the predictions that you had for a couple of episodes was that snyder will be a thorn in the slayer and slayerette side for the next few episodes and then the master will kill him in the finale but he he didn't actually die no he's still around he's still kicking yeah still being snyder one other prediction you had was that you thought that maybe the anointed one would end up being the bad guy in the end and that's who buffy would fight and that didn't happen either 
No, he's still around too. He's still yeah. kicking about, smaller kicks. He's, he's, as we said, scampered off. He scampered off. Yeah. He was like, he led Buffy down to the sewers. Yep. And was like, bye. Yeah, now his hair is a little longer. It's yeah, more he parted. Have, doesn't have anyone cutting his hair for him. The master no. was, you know, was, he always put a bowl over his head and cut his hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably a deleted scene somewhere. Yeah. So your season two predictions are Xander will continue to get friend zoned, mm-hmm. but he won't give up his pursuit of Buffy, even though he should. So there's some interesting stuff there in, in this episode. Mm, sure is. Xander and Willow won't get together until the very end of the series, maybe. Yep. Was something you said. Now, you meant actually end of the series, right? Not season. Yes. Not season two. Okay. Yeah. Miss Calendar and Giles might or might not get together. You wouldn't give a solid yes or no. And I tried to get Kathleen onto my side to help me <laughs> get you to say firm yes or no. And she was like, I'm into it. I'm okay with that prediction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, Kathleen. <laughs> Angel will come in and out of Buffy's life as she continues to have boyfriends. But there will be tension between her and Angel. And but they'll never really quite get it together. You said maybe Colin, the anointed one slash mini me, becomes the big bad um, and spawns another father figure out of the blood well. Yep. Yeah. So those were those were your kind of like long term season two predictions. Okay. So we open in a cemetery at night. Xander and Willow are walking down a path next to it, quizzing each other on movie quotes. Yeah, movie quote off. And this to me felt like a terrible idea for them of all people to be walking right near a cemetery. Yeah. Because they both know what's out there. Right, but they also probably have a false sense of security after the season finale when they beat the master and they haven't seen a vamp all summer. So they're probably like, it's all cool now. We can walk through the graveyard. Exactly. And that kind of does come up later. Yeah. The first thing I noticed was that Xander looks different. And that's the first thing I noticed with everybody is everybody has a slightly different look in season two. Because oh, yeah? Some, yeah, I don't even a little, think I noticed that. A little bit of time has passed. So mm. Xander's face looked a little slimmer to me. And maybe oh. because he's older, maybe he's slimmed down a little bit more. Maybe he's been hitting that treadmill or elliptical, you know? So you think he's even more attractive. I didn't say attractive. Cause... I said slimmer. Well, I'm asking because I know you said you wanted to get some more naked Xander. Well, I'm, I know what I said was we are probably going to get some more naked Xander. Mm. Did I say I wanted it? I feel like you wanted it. <laughs> okay, maybe. I will not <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, okay, so Xander, Xander looks a little slimmer in the face. Yep, despite him eating ice cream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and does Willow look... I didn't think Willow looked different. No, Willow didn't strike me as any different. But Cordelia looked different to me. Buffy, of course, because of her hair. Giles looked exactly the same. And Minnie-Me looked different. And Xander looked different. Wow, I am impressed with how much you noticed that stuff. Yeah. I did not notice that. I was really but looking I at also it. But I also am used to them being different, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like later on they're a little bit more dramatically different so i'm like Hmm. this doesn't feel so different to me yeah so xander says he is so over buffy because he's like what you know when does school like where are we going we're going back to school tomorrow blah blah blah. you know i'm excited and or maybe he says he's not excited i don't remember exactly what he says Maybe Boy, you're pulling a me. You're pulling a me right now. <laughs> I this know. is what I do in my lost recaps. I'm like, well, did I they remember, say this? I don't know what they said. 
he says that he's restless and he's actually looking forward to school starting up again and willow's like teasing him like oh that doesn't have to do with like you know a blonde girl that we know who's a vampire slayer and he's like no no i'm so over buffy but then he immediately asks willow if buffy mentioned when she'd be back and willow says that she hasn't heard from her other than a few postcards from la which i'm like who sends postcards when they're like a few hours away <laughs> in the 90s it was and a thing. also in high school i don't know <laughs> no it was a thing before text messages and such you know you send a postcard that's what you did i remember sending postcards really yeah i don't feel like i mean i it was like something you did when you were on vacation like you would go to the gift shop you'd pick out a few postcards you'd fill them out throw a stamp on them and send them to like your grandparents yeah but when you're only a couple hours away if you went somewhere for a whole summer it felt like an eternity like i remember one summer i went to alaska and i was there for like yeah i was there for like two and a half months and i remember just feeling like a year i was like boy i don't even remember my old life (laughs) so i would like call my friends for like 10 minutes because it would cost so much money to call yeah you know across the country and there'd be like a delay in the signal too and i'd be like what's it like over there like it was very (laughs) it was very weird to be away from your friends for that long so i can see a postcard i mean i did like summer camp sometimes but but that's like a week normally isn't it yeah when you were in Alaska, was it just sun all the time? Yep. Because isn't that the situation, right? Yep. During the summer, the sun like did not. Like it doesn't set at all or it's like one hour of of. It like wouldn't set. It would get very close to setting. Like it'd get really dark like right before and then it would start to get bright again. And it wouldn't get dark until like 3 a.m. And then it would start to come back up at like 4 a.m. Wow. So you could still see throughout. So it's like, okay, bye guys, going to bed. What? Just kidding. Yep, pretty much. And then I remember one night we went out fishing and we were doing fishing on like this river and we just fished through the whole night because we could see the whole night. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. That's magical. It's pretty magical. Well, I guess Buffy sends some postcards and that's a normal thing, apparently. (laughs) Very normal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) willow and xander have a super cute moment where xander puts ice cream on willow's nose and then kind of like moves in to lick it off yeah she's like not not cute to me no no it's kind of cringy oh why yeah i just didn't like it Uh, well okay i have a thing should i finish it and then yeah why don't you finish it okay so (laughs) yeah so he moves in to like lick it off of her nose and she's like xander and kind of like you know cutesy yells at him Mm -hmm. so he wipes it off with a napkin in a very romantically charged moment yeah well they're about to make out they move in to kiss each other yeah yeah so why did you feel like this scene was cringeworthy i it was just it was well see i have a thing about like like food on the face and like i don't know (laughs) there's something (laughs) so you just didn't like it because xander was like boop Ice cream on your face. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like the licking it off. That that weirds me out. Okay. And then. So that's, you would never use that move on a girl. No, I wouldn't use that move. And you wouldn't be okay with someone using that on you. No, like if you absolutely were, not. If you were oh, I would totally break the romance or the attempted romance. If somebody were to boot me on the nose with an ice cream, I'd lose it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, oh, this is, this that's is going to be rage cute. Watch this. For you? Yeah. I'll just be like, what are you doing? You just put sticky ice cream on my nose, it would be a total buzzkill. That's why you lick it off. You got to lick it off real yeah, good. No, I don't like I don't like that. Mm. I think I have sensory issues. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 
So you only dislike, you don't dislike, you don't dislike it because it's Xander doing it to Willow. Like there's nothing there. It's just the, the idea of it altogether repulses you. Yeah. I think it's more the ice cream that repulses me. But that being said, I think just the over the topness of how he's going about it. Just, I don't know. It seemed, (laughs) it seemed like too much for me. (laughs) I didn't like it. I liked it. That would have worked on you. It would have definitely worked. Well, I guess it depends on the guy. It depends on the guy. If I'm putting myself in Willow's shoes, like, if you know, if it's not a guy, if it's a guy that I'm not into, then I would be very freaked out. Right. So (laughs) so let's let's try this. If it's Borba and he boops you on the nose and an ice cream. Okay. Well, I would probably piss myself in fear. Oh, my God. Because who knows what he's trying to do. <laughs> no, he wouldn't put ice cream on your nose. You know what he'd no, put he, on your nose. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. That's right. <laughs> he'd be like, boop, pork <laughs> yeah. and beans. But he wouldn't say boop. He'd say boop. <laughs> <laughs> pork and beans. I, I would imagine him more like in a situation where he's forcing me to eat the pork and beans. <laughs> he'd just and mush I your face eat into it. So he'd mush my face into it. <laughs> God, that's terrifying. <laughs> this is so terrifying. Why are we talking about this? I don't know. God damn it, Borba. But if it was, if I'm in Willow's situation and I've been pining over Xander for God knows how long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be into it. Would you stop him before he licks it off your nose? <laughs> or would you let him? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably oh, let him, yeah, probably see, let him that's where you and I nose. differ. I wouldn't be able to, even if yeah. it was somebody I was into, I'd be like, no. <laughs> oh, I'd let him lick it off my nose because then then it's like we're very close to kissing if right. he had licked it off her nose they would have gotten in some smoochies before the vampire appears right behind them yeah one of those classical reveal jump scares yeah the vamp face yeah so they like pull they're like very close almost kissing and kind of like pull away for a second as if to be like should are we doing this yeah and there's a vamp face right shazam there. shazam <laughs> Kablammy. So they start to run. Xander turns around and punches the vampire. Then the vampire gets the better of him. And then Buffy shows up, busts him up, and kicks him into a tree branch. Yeah. Perfectly staking him. First she says, hi guys, and then kick. And then kick. And then miss me. Miss me. And then we cut to the intro. Yep. Now, did you watch the intro? I did. It differs from the first What did you notice that was different about it? I don't remember. I just remember being like, new shot, new shot, older shot, maybe? New shot, new shot. They look different, and I can't tell you the particulars. You didn't notice that David Boreanaz is now in the intro? Uh, I guess I did. I didn't realize that it was different from the first season. Yeah, so he was never, he was always listed as a guest star but in the first season. But now he is in because now the ratings and the audience loved Angel's involvement in the first season. So yes. Joss was like, man, we got to make him like a daily thing. Like he's got to be there in every episode now. Yeah. 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 Because he was like, people are going to think this is hokey. But they didn't. They nope. loved it. They loved so, the yeah. soap opera aspect of it. Right. So he's a regular now. Okay. So that makes me ask you the question. Yep. I think we talked about this off podcast generally we don't talk about this stuff off podcast (laughs) it's taboo (laughs) it's very taboo but i feel like at one point you said that 
the we did talk about the spinoff mm-hmm. and you said that you thought that it was going on concurrently right and buffy. i thought i thought david boreanis was going to basically disappear from the buffy show and that yeah. he would only come in and out every once in a while but now it looks like he's here to stay yeah so that was what i was going to ask you about yep so that's a new prediction that old prediction has since floundered and mm-hmm. a new one has arrived. And so that you is... don't think that the Angel spinoff has started? No, no. That won't start till 2003. Sure. Back from the intro, Buffy hugs her friends. Then she chides them for not even carrying a cross. Um, Xander says it's the first vamp they've seen since Buffy killed the master. She asks if they had any fun without her. And Xander says no. At the same time, Willow says yes. Right. So I was like, oh. Because Willow's probably had a charmed, lovely summer with Xander since Buffy's gone. Yeah. And now that Buffy's back. She's got all his attention. His attention's going to be split again. Yep. Mm. But she doesn't seem bitter about that. No, I think she's semi-happy and sad at the same time because she's happy that her friend Buffy's back. Right. And that she can protect her from vamps as she just did. Right. But she's also sort of sad because... She knows Xander's involvement in Buffy's attraction. Yes. <laughs> that the, was in a the great attraction way of Buffy. That. <laughs> <laughs> Xander says, our biggest excitement was burying the master. And Willow's like, that's right. You missed it right out by that tree. And she points to a tree and they look, we look over to it. Giles buried the bones and we poured holy water and we got to wear robes. And Xander said, very intense. You should have been. Buffy looks over at the tree where the master was buried and she kind of has this like suspicious look on her face. Yeah, and the music sort of feeds into it. It's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. Something like that. I don't remember That's, exactly what yeah, it was, but there was right. some sort of musical cue. <laughs> yeah, that was like, you should be paying attention to how right. Buffy is feeling about this yeah. situation. There is a change in emotion in this character. <laughs> Uh, Then at the Summer's residence, Buffy's dad, Hank, is unloading all of Buffy's new clothes and catching up with his ex-wife, which I was like, "Uh, my parents would have never just like nicely unpack my my new clothes and put them away for me, nor would I want them to because I have a whole system in my closet. Everything is rainbow order. They wouldn't know where to put anything. (laughs) Yeah. I had uh, similar thoughts on this scene. I was like, first of all, I mean, my parents did not even talk after they were divorced so just the thought of two divorced parents getting along is very foreign to me although I know it's quite common I had a lot of friends who had divorced parents who would actually be very civil with one another and Mm -hmm. some of them would even like hug and stuff and I was like what's happening here I was very confused but also this scene didn't really work for me because the parents I felt like in this scene, at least, were not good actors. Like, they didn't have enough to do, and it was just all expository dialogue where they were just sort of talking about Buffy and just telling about, like, her current emotional state. And I was just like, oh, there's not enough for her to do. Like, Joyce is just awkwardly folding clothes and standing there with shoes in her hands, and I'm just like, oh, get me out of the scene. Yeah, I do feel like it maybe even would have been better if they were just sitting down with coffee or something. Yeah, you know they, what I mean? Like that would be a little bit more normal. Yeah. I think that it was really nice that Hank and Joyce were getting along so well. They're having like really nice conversation about their kid, like they're checking in. So I thought it was nice that they were getting along at least and talking about their, their kid yeah. trying to co-parent, you know? Yep. 
That's good. Parenting's important. So at Sunnydale High, we see Cordelia complaining about how her parents took her to Tuscany rather than St. Croix. She said, art and buildings? I was totally speechless for a month and a half. No one has suffered like I have. Yeah, she's like, that kind of adversity builds character. Well, then I thought, I already have a lot of character. Is it possible to have too much character? And like, I don't know that I ever realized before this moment how much of a privileged white bitch Cordelia is like talking about this. I was like, oh my God, you went to Tuscany. That sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I wish my parents could have taken me out of the country, you know? Yeah, she's very privileged. She's super privileged. And I was also really starting to like her at the end of season one. So I feel like this set her back a bit for me. Yeah, well, she's going to seesaw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Snyder walks with Giles, complaining about the students and comparing them to locusts. <laughs> Giles says, I do enjoy these pep talks. Have you ever considered, given your abhorrence of children, uh, school's principal was not perhaps your true vocation? And Snyder says, This is what I was saying when we first met Mr. Snyder. I'm like, why is yeah. he a principal? Like, this is one of the worst jobs for somebody who hates kids as much as he does. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so obviously that was picked up on and Giles is regurgitating that thought now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Snyder says, somebody's got to keep an eye on them. They're just a bunch of hormonal time bombs. Every time a pretty girl walks by, every boy turns into a gibbering fool. And he's he's like kind of walking away from <laughs> yeah. Giles. Like he ends as up by himself. Yeah. He ends up by himself. And basically on cue, as Snyder keeps talking... Miss Calendar walks in and turns Giles into a gibbering fool a little right. bit. <laughs> Which I'm like, oh, great. This I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. You know, they're going to try to pair up Miss Calendar with Mr. Giles. She's not good enough for my Giles. <laughs> Why do you feel that way? <laughs> she hasn't earned it yet. <laughs> Why? She hasn't earned it? She helped get a demon off the internet. <laughs> That's all well and good, but you got you to gotta slay some more vamps. Okay? Ugh. She also helped destroy that crazy tentacle demon that's true she was there during that whole master thing you know for that all right so i don't i don't know i don't know what it's gonna you are so protective of giles i don't know what it's gonna take it's gonna take a lot you wanted to pair him up with miss french and she was a fucking bug she was gonna eat his head off but the real miss french Oh, is boy. <laughs> in <laughs> that equal sweet catch. Old lady. <laughs> yeah. And they would be wonderful together. They could read their books together and knit. It'd be so oh, nice. Oh boy. Yeah. I don't know. I love Miss Calendar because I just think she's a super powerful strong woman and yeah. she doesn't well, take time shit from anybody. I've only met I her like a couple times her. in a few episodes, so I know G- Giles very well. Mm-hmm. Rupert. Yep. So Snyder keeps venting and Giles and Miss Calendar walk away unnoticed by Snyder, leaving him to talk to himself, which he actually is, says something like, you know, I feel like I'm talking to myself. When, and he <laughs> yeah. is talking to himself, in fact. Yep. We follow Miss Calendar and Giles through the hallways of Sunnydale High. And she says that she did Burning Man, where there were naked mud dances, which catches Giles's attention. She says, you probably spent all summer with your nose in a book. And he says, yes, I suppose you'd consider that frightfully dull. And she goes, depends on the book. Right. And she gives him this smirk, which is rather like the smirk 
that she gave him after her corkscrew comment. <laughs> after her dangle comment. About like where <laughs> she dangles her corkscrew. <laughs> right. So is this a sexual innuendo? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Uh, well, because she's like, depends on the book. That's what it felt like to me. Because yeah. just the like the grin that like the face she was making at him. Yeah. If she was just like, oh, it depends on the book, you know, then it could be anything. But she's like, depends on the book, if you know <laughs> what I mean. There's a little double speak going on. Yeah. Something, yeah, she's sending some signals. She is. Yeah. Um. Or is she not? Who knows? I don't know. But that's why I like her, because she's very sure of herself. Yeah. Buffy, Willow, and Xander enter the scene. Willow and Xander seeming way too excited to see the school librarian. <laughs> And Xander calls Giles G-Man, which yeah, Giles like, says never to call him. <laughs> G-Man, what up? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, G-Man. He's like, hello, uh, and don't ever call me don't that. Don't ever call me that. <laughs> uh, Willow tells Giles and pretty much the whole school that Buffy killed a vampire last night. Yeah. Which is funny because then later this happens with Cordelia, and she's the one like, Cordelia, come on. Yeah. Um, Miss Calendar wonders how there could be vampires if the Hellmouth is closed, and Giles says, well, it's closed, but it's not gone. The mystical energy that emanates from it is still concentrated in this area. And Xander says, which means we're still the undead's favorite party town. Giles wonders if they're here for any particular reason, and Buffy says, mm, you're the watcher. I just work here. Then Giles says he must consult his books, which makes Willow owe Xander money because he bet her it'd be 10 minutes before Giles had to consult his books about something. The bell rings. They head off to class. Giles tells Buffy he'd like to get her uh, to like restart her training when she's ready. And she's like, I'm ready. Yeah, she's very ready to train. She's, she's like, I'm ready. ready. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Let's do it. Yeah. Then we get a rock and roll training <laughs> montage. Yeah, it's wicked rock music. Yeah, it's very like footloose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a montage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like a jump cut montage. Buffy flipping, kicking, she's punching. Yeah. Music, yeah. Doing all kinds. She's kicking ass. She's knocking Giles off his feet. And then she starts punching some kind of like wooden punching like, dummy thing. Yeah, it's like a wooden training thing that i used to see in a lot of movies in the 90s like yeah in the 80s and 90s I, they, they must uh exist somewhere but it's something that you can use like your elbows on and your fists and it whips around yeah, it's got right? like padding a little bit yeah um then she like as she's punching it she sort of like gets this vision of the master and then she just loses it and starts like rapidly throwing punches yeah very um, fast. ignoring giles's shouts for her to stop and then she kicks the thing and breaks it Giles says, well, safe to say you've stayed in shape. And Buffy, who's like hopped up on adrenaline, like breathing hard. She's like, I'm ready. Whatever they've got coming next, I'm ready. And she kind of like sc like scrunches up her hair above her head. And she's like, you know, she's like losing her shit a little bit. This yeah. is like what crazy people do. The change from her being like regular old Buffy in the very beginning when she kicked the vamp's face by the cemetery... Yeah. The change in her demeanor must have happened when they told her about the master being buried mm -hmm. because she went from like just regular old Buffy to being very sort of tormented emotionally for the whole rest of this episode. Well, to be fair, the part that we see of her before she's told about the master is like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she just flies I hear in. You. <laughs> kills this vampire and then they you know they're they're like kind of talking but she's a little bit you know she's like well what was going on but i feel like she's a little bit 
I wouldn't say standoffish, but just like a little preoccupied. Yeah. If that's the case, I would have directed it just a little differently and made her a little bit colder in the very beginning as well. Because she yeah. does seem very, like, you're almost happy to see Buffy because it's like, oh, hey. Well, they're she's... very happy to see Buffy. Well, they are. But she seems very the same old Buffy. Like, she came in. She seemed kind of happy-go-lucky. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, went, butt. I did some shopping. I did this. Partied. Yeah. yeah. All the rest of the scenes, which she was very dark and not very nice, too. Yeah. But we'll get into all that. So we cut to an old brick warehouse full of vampires with one sort of, like, fancy dracula style looking vampire yeah he looks he's dressed so nice like southern nice he's got the vest yeah yeah much nicer than the uh master yes he's kind of preaching as the master used to do and says Mm -hmm. you know we have been put down kinsmen we have lost our way we have lost the night but despair is for the living where they are weak we will be strong where they weep we rejoice where they bleed he laughs we drink. Within three days, a new hope will arise. We like will Star put Wars. our faith in him. I was thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbing we'll off put... on you. <laughs> yeah, I know, a little bit. And he looks over at Colin. He will show us the way. And after that, we're at Sunnydale High. Buffy is sort of dazed in the student lounge area, which I don't think we've really seen before, but this area comes up a little bit more in like later episodes yeah i noticed that too i was like i've never seen this area before what yeah. is this yeah it's definitely something that is like there a bit but i'm like i don't think we've actually seen this before she doesn't immediately come out of it when xander and willow you know show up there and say hi to her willow asks what she was thinking about buffy says nothing and xander's like oh come on you can tell us we're your bosom friends friends of your bosom there's that yeah. passive perviness <laughs> Passive perviness. Rearing its ugly head. (laughs) Yep. Buffy says she had weird dreams last night. Willow begins talking about her own dream about Xander and then quickly becomes embarrassed and backpedals and is like, oh, it was, it wasn't even Xander. It wasn't even my dream. It was a friend's dream. And I don't even remember it. Then Giles shows up, says that there's vampire activity, but Buffy isn't worried. And Giles says, oh, I don't know. I mean, I've killed you once. It shouldn't be too difficult to do it again. And then he punches her, knocking her back onto the table. There's like a coffee her. table. Yeah. yeah. Cho- and he like chokes her as Willow and Xander just sit there in the chairs. Like nothing's happening. Completely unfazed. And I was like, oh, dream sequence. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Giles turns into the master and Buffy wakes up from her nightmare, safe in her bed at home. I did like this effect that they did when they peel off his face. Mm-hmm. However, they did it. It was very convincing. I was like, "Wow, that was that well, was pretty they good." Well, like, it's not like she actively reached up and peeled his face back. Oh, I thought she did. No, I thought he, he just peels all of a sudden off is his the master. Face. He's just all of a sudden the master. I thought it peeled off. Are you thinking of maybe the the one with Billy? Nope. He peels off his coach. No, because face? I wrote it in my notes. I said, "And peels off his face to reveal the master." I need to go and look now. Oh yeah, you're right. Peels off the face. So, Boom. yeah, she does peel it off like a mask. Um, sure does. And Nailed it. It is the master. You are so proud of yourself. So proud of myself. So, so happy. smug. Look at this smug <laughs> mug over here. Ear to ear. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, she wakes up from her nightmare. She's safe in her bed at home with Angel perched on her window watching her, which is, you know, not creepy at all, dude. <laughs> 
I know. I was like, I don't know how long he was there. (laughs) Yeah. What was your game plan? You were just going to sit there and wait until she actually woke up. What if she didn't wake up until like 10 a.m.? You're just going to sit there? No, he'd just leave her a note. Or he'd go back and hide in the closet. Oh, yeah. He's like, these are my favorite stuffed animals. (laughs) I missed you guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's snuggling with like a little lion. Yeah. I feel like that's a thing that I used to find not that I would ever be okay waking up and finding a guy sitting on like the ledge of my window. But but it was a fantasy of yours. (laughs) No, I just feel like in, I don't, I don't feel like it creeped me out as much as it, as it does now. Um, Like I feel like that was one of those like alluring vampire things that was like sexy because he's a vampire and like, Ooh, he's sitting there watching me. But then I'm like, I feel like watching it this time around. I was like, this is fucking weird. Like, I get that you're a vampire and you like made out with Buffy a couple of times or whatever, but you can't just come into her window. I think your levels of privacy change as you grow older because you do get more autonomy and independence as you grow older. So you get used to having your own space. Whereas when you're a kid growing up, you're very used to people coming into your room and waking you up and things like that. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so I think I could see that difference between being young, being older. If Angel had been outside, like, tapping on the window? Scarier. I guess maybe that is scarier. That's, That's a scarier for me. scary vampire move. But anyway, there he is, sitting on her window ledge. You know, he asks how she's doing. She says, peachy. And then, so is this a social call? It's kind of late. Or, well, it is for me anyway. What is it for you? Lunch hour? Yeah, she's very cold with very Angel, cold who too. previously was her heartthrob. Yeah. And they have some history together, but now she's like, no can do, mister. Yeah, she's not, she's being very rude to him. Although, again, he was in her room in the middle of the night. Right, but that's not what she's calling out. She's just mad at him in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And so Angel tells her it's not a social call, so he's all business as usual. Mm. Uh, Buffy says, so some of your cousins are in town for family barbecue and we're all on the menu. And Angel says, the anointed one, he's been gathering forces somewhere in town. I'm not sure why. Buffy, again, not concerned, which Angel points out and warns her not to underestimate the anointed one just because he looks like a child. He says he has power over the rest of them. They'll do anything for him. Hmm. Buffy just dismisses him, turns away to get back to bed. Angel apologizes and says he missed her. But then he leaves before she can respond. Yeah, she gives him the cold shoulder. She just Literally. flips on over and she's like, I'm going to sleep now. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. was a little bit like, again, even though it was creepy that he was in her bedroom, I was a little bit sad for Angel. Well, they've done some big things together. They've had some very sultry moments too. Very sultry. Right by yeah. that window, in fact. Right. And now like he's like, oh, hey, my girl's back in town. I'm going to go drop in creepily and see what's up. And she's very cold to him, which yeah. given the context makes sense. But- Still, you would think that Buffy would be somewhat conflicted here. Yeah, like, oh, you're in my window? Come on in. Yeah, like, ooh, yeah, this is weird that you're here, and maybe I'm emotionally distraught, but I find comfort in your hotness. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. But none of that Want to show me that tattoo? All right, take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> my eyes glazing over again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm back. And I'm back. <laughs> Next day, Joyce tries to connect with Buffy on the way to school, but Buffy is a mopey zoo lion. That's what I wrote. <laughs> mopey zoo lion? Mopey zoo lion. Okay. Uh, Willow is is excited to hear that angel stopped by when buffy tells her and she asks if there was any kissing and buffy goes willow grow up not everything is about kissing and xander says yeah some stuff's about groping it wasn't about groping again (sighs) xander come on man you can't go one episode without being a slight perv just a little bit i mean he wasn't in buffy's window in the middle of the night so that's true he hasn't upped it to that level yeah Not yet, anyway. Not yet. (laughs) Buffy says, okay, hormones on parade here. It was pure shop talk. Remember vampires? Pointy teeth? They walk by night. Am I ringing a bell? And then she relays his warning to him to them, but again, isn't phased by it. Instead, they all make plans to go to the bronze that night. Cordelia comes out of class and calls them the three musketeers, which... It seems like it's supposed to be an insult, but they're like, is that an insult? Yeah, they're like, Not really. No. And, you know, Willow's like, the three musketeers are cool. <laughs> yeah. And she asks them if they fought any demons this summer. And so this is where Willow kind of turns it around and is like, uh, yes, our own personal demons <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. to try yeah. to like kind of cover for Cordy. I actually appreciated this from Cordelia because I was like, I feel like people too often forget in Sunnydale that demon happenings and the Hellmouth stuff that happens like around the school and Cordelia is bringing it up right away. She's like, hey, remember all this craziness? I was like, oh, good. Thankfully, somebody's remembering around here something that's happened. Yeah, otherwise you start to think that maybe Giles has one of those flashy things from Men in Black. Men in Black flashy thing? He just goes around like, Doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to say flashing everyone, but that's not right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not what Giles would do. <laughs> that's not what Giles would do. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe Miss Calendar, you know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? I could. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past her. She's a. <laughs> Wild card. No, I'm saying maybe he would flash Miss Calendar. <laughs> oh no, he wouldn't. Come on, Giles. Giles He's a perfect do gentleman. That. Perfect. Maybe she gentleman. would like it. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Cordelia was not flashed by Giles. No. She <laughs> talks about <laughs> talks about all the crazy stuff that happened, and they're like, you know, Xander's like you got to keep this on the DL kind of thing. You know, we you can't talk about this. And Buffy says, well, that works out great. You won't tell anyone I'm the Slayer, and I won't tell anyone you're a moron, and walks Ew. off. Yeah, cold. Yeah, and that garners some raised eyebrows from Xander, Willow, and Cordelia. Um, at the bronze that night, Willow wonders what's up with Buffy. Xander calls her paranoid and is, of course, preoccupied with waiting for Buffy to show up. Willow tries to get his attention by putting ice cream on her nose like he did earlier in the episode. She, she pre-boops her nose. She yeah. does. <laughs> she's like, uh, well, let me get this going again. <laughs> <laughs> this almost yeah. worked last time. Yeah, we'll just pick up right where we left off. I mean, not going to lie, I I'd probably try that too. You would boop your own nose with some I ice cream? I would definitely do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I would not. Again, I don't like the stickiness. <laughs> Can't deal with it. <laughs> well, again, the idea is they lick it off and it's not sticky anymore. Yeah, I don't like that. Don't like that action. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Xander just looks at her and says, you got something on your nose and goes right. back to looking for Buffy. Oh, yeah. it just hurts my heart. It hurts my heart so much. <laughs> But also, Damn pick it, a Willow. time and place. The bronze, you know, when you're talking about something kind of heavy, that's not the time to boop your nose with some ice cream. 
now next to a cemetery at night. Uh, Very romantic. (laughs) (laughs) What's interesting, though, is the music and the background. The lyrics are, we belong together. Like, they keep saying, we belong together again and again. Ah. Not Pat Benatar's, we belong together, or we belong, but it's a different, we belong Different. Different but yeah. the words are we belong together and i just okay. thought that was kind of interesting then we cut to the graveyard vampires are digging up the master's bones yeah i wrote mini me and his mini minions Ooh, huh? very nice although they're not mini they're all grown people and yeah. adults mini me and his big minions yeah that's but like... i liked mini minions it just worked yeah you know some of them are are digging with their hands which start to burn because the ground has been consecrated with holy water. And I got to tell you, Pat, mm-hmm. I don't think Giles's heart was really in it when he buried the master because that dude is nowhere near six feet under. <laughs> no. They're like, yeah. it didn't take take long oh, to get there. master face, you know? Yeah. Like, they get to his skull real fast. Yeah. Hey, Giles, um, next time, throw your back into it a little bit, okay? Yeah, come on. Get down there. A dog would have dug everyone that up. And yeah. start digging. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yes. Knock off the flashing. <laughs> stop canoodling with Miss Calendar and get digging. Okay. Get digging. Uh, yeah. And then Buffy enters the bronze fashionably late and right to the beat of the music. Mm. Oh yeah. Uh, so this was a weird close-up of Buffy's entire body. It's like yeah. the camera starts low. Yeah. And it slowly like, the music pans starts up and her. she like bump like. Puts her foot down like to the beat of the music. Right. I was like, who's this shot for? Is this is this for all of ninety seven's audience to be like, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was kinda cool. (laughs) Not that I wanted to see her body, but I was just like, Oh, cool. Like she's entering like her feet are going to the beat of the music, I guess. And not in like a okay. not in like a cheesy, like musical kind of way, but Yeah. I just felt like it was a little too extreme the close up. Well, I think this episode, Buffy is being extreme. She is being extreme. So but... they're, being, they're being very dramatic with all of it. Okay, fine. Because <laughs> I feel like the ending is that too. And and so I, I think they're, they're just yeah. being overly dramatic about everything. Intentionally right. so. Okay. So Angel approaches and Buffy is not very nice to him. Again. Again. And he's like... You know, he asked if he did something to make her angry. And, you know, he's like, what are you afraid of? Me? Us? And she says, could you contemplate getting over yourself for a second? There is no us. Look, Angel, I'm sorry if I was supposed to spend the summer mooning over you, but I didn't. I moved on to the living. So this is when I started to think, okay, she's had some experiences in L.A. over the summer. And she's sort of written off her old Sunnydale town. Where, Mm. like I said, if you go away for a summer during your high school years, it feels like an eternity. So a lot of change can happen over the summer. So this is where I was like, okay, so maybe mentally she's sort of being like, that was old Buffy back Mm -hmm. then when I had to slay vampires and messed with this vampire guy and we made out and burned a little cross into his chest, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And now I'm new Buffy and I party a lot and I hang out with living people and Mm -hmm. less vampire dusting. So I think maybe mentally she's moved on a little bit and this is where she's coming back and she's trying to figure out who she is. Yeah, I I think that is that could definitely be the case. I my reaction to this was that she's sort of reverse Xandering to Angel because 
Xander tries to get her to go to the dance with him and and he like keeps trying even though she's very nicely trying to say no to him. Yeah. Um, and then it leads him to the point where he's like, I guess a guy's got to be undead to get with you or like to get any attention from you. Right. And so she's kind of like flipping that around and throwing it back at Angel. Yeah. That's what that sort of reminded me of. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it from Xander and I don't like it from Buffy. I don't think I don't think a person's dead or undead status has to factor into the equation. Well, she's also utilizing these two guys against each other a lot of times. She like is. she's using it's them very convenient for, for her. her own manipulation, her own yeah. emotional manipulation, and I don't appreciate it, Buffy. I don't appreciate it either. Yeah. Uh so she heads over to Willow and Xander's table and Cordelia watches her go by, kind of like so what's this bitch's problem? It's kind of like the look on Cordelia's face. <laughs> yeah. She does move on with the living as she pulls Xander onto the dance floor with her and thus ensues a very uncomfortable few minutes of Buffy doing this slow, tantalizing dance at Xander. Long, seductive, slow, grinding dance scene. Yeah. In it the is middle of very the dance uncomfortable floor. to watch. You know she's just doing it to piss off literally everybody. Right. Including Xander. Like, he can tell that it's not really for him. Yeah. Um, he seems very conflicted. He's like, he, oh, boy, this is kind of awesome, but what? this, isn't, this yeah. isn't for the right reasons. His face is like, oh, this doesn't feel right. And as that's happening, we see... Angel, Willow, Cordelia, like, and again, Willow looks really hurt. And I can't take Willow being hurt. <laughs> like, it's I just know. The Anytime worst I see me. Willow hurt, I just think of you crying, being like, no, not I mean, Willow. I basically do every time. Yeah. I always like start to tear up. Buffy kind of like tilts her head close enough to kiss Xander. And then she whispers, Xander, did I ever thank you for saving my life? And Xander's like, no. And then Buffy sort of like slithers like around him. <laughs> and Buffy's like, don't you wish I would? And then she just breaks off, gets her yeah. purse and leaves the bronze. I didn't really get that. I don't know. I mean, don't you wish I would? Like, I think she's insinuating like, don't you wish I would do something with you to thank you for really? saving my life? Hmm. But she's clearly not going to do anything with him. Right. She well, she's just setting him up to break him down. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, that's like that's I, just what she's doing. Right. So he starts thinking in his head like, "Well, am I gonna get thanked?" And then she's like, "Nope, bye bye." Yeah. yeah. And she then he's like, out. "I got a, I got a situation here in my pants." <laughs> <laughs> and it's Cordelia who ends up going after her, accusing her of campaigning for bitch of the year. To which Buffy replies, "As defending champion, you nervous?" Mm-hmm. And um, then I, I love what Cordelia says after this. She goes on a little bit of a monologue here. Yeah. What What does she say? <laughs> well, I don't have all of it written down, but I have one line. So Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you the one line that I wrote down, which is, you got to <laughs> spank your inner moppet, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? 
<laughs> I, I got you. So yeah, so okay. Cordy kind of takes it in stride. <laughs> and then she's like, and then she basically tells Buffy to get over it. Yeah. And she says, whatever's causing the Joan Collins tood, deal with it. Embrace the pain, spank your inner moppet, whatever, <laughs> but get over it. Because pretty soon, you're not even going to have the loser friends you've got now. Yeah. And I had to look up what a Moppet was. Okay. I was like, what Good. does I'm this so reference? I'm so glad you did this because I was like, what does that mean? Spank your inner Moppet. I love it. Just phonetically, it sounds great and powerful. Yeah. I don't know what it means, though. It's basically just a term. I think it's like maybe a British or just like an old English term for okay. like an endearing, sweet little child or baby. Oh, your inner Moppet. So I think she's like saying like, punish your inner child that's acting up. Oh, interesting. Like, I think that's kind of what she's saying. But yeah, spank your inner moppet. I'm like, this sounds, this does not sound like how I think she wants it to sound. It is a weird phrase, but that's Joss Whedon for you. Well, we're going to have to work that into our normal conversation. You spank your inner moppet. Spank your inner moppet. That's what we should have called this podcast. Spank your inner moppet. Uh, and the Joan Collins reference, I also kind of had to look up because I don't really know a whole lot about Joan Collins, to be honest. Me neither. But her name is like always tossed around, I feel like, in relation to being a bitch or having an attitude problem. Hmm. So I just looked into it a little bit. And I think it's mainly, I don't know what her life was like personally, um, but I think it's mainly because she played a very vengeful woman on Dynasty. And fun fact about Dynasty, I am actually named after Heather Locklear's character from that show, Sammy Joe Carrington. Yes, who is a I, manipulative, gold-digging bitch. I believe you've told me that before. <laughs> yeah, I think I have. Although she spells Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y. Right. Um, but Joe, same, just J-O. So anyway, Buffy huffs off, angrily pulls up her hood, which is just like such a kid, like angry teen, angsty move. I feel like just like pulling up the hood of her jacket <gasps> and like huffing away. Whatever, Cordy. Yeah, and then Cordelia calls after her. I'll just see if Angel feels like dancing. And then as she's kind of like finishing that sentence, a hand covers her mouth and she's mm. Cordy napped. She, I, I wrote vamp napped. <laughs> I, <laughs> I vamp thought napped. vamp napped, but I was like, Cordy napped sounds more like kidnapped. Yeah, that's true. You did better on that. She's cord napped. She's cord napped. Then she's brought into some like dark basement area uh, where she almost steps on Miss Calendar. Yeah, she's just taking a taking a rest. Yeah. Buffy stops at the cemetery on her way home. I assume she's going home where she sees the master has been dug up. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, she is not digging that. Oh, but snap. She has a vision of him beside her very quickly, but very he's quick. not actually there. Next day at school, Willow suggests to Giles and Xander that Buffy is possessed. And Xander says, are we overlooking the idea that she may be very attracted to me? Willow and Giles both look at him and he goes, she's possessed. She's possessed. <laughs> <laughs> Xander kind of throws out the idea that maybe when the master died, it transferred something to her. And Willow says, that's what it was. I mean, why else would she be acting like such a B-I-T-C-H? And Giles <laughs> is like, I think we're a little too old to be spelling things out. And Xander goes, Bitka? Bitka? Which they ignore. <laughs> tries to work it out <laughs> so apparently they're not too old to be spelling things out giles suggests the explanation of her behavior may be something more mundane she may simply have what you americans refer to as issues and he says her experience with the master must have been extremely traumatic she was for at least a few minutes technically dead 
And as he's talking, Buffy appears in the background, but he doesn't notice. He says, I don't think she's dealt with that on a conscious level. She's convinced herself that she's invulnerable for the very reason that she feels. And then Xander finally cuts him off. He says, that's a very interesting point about trout that you just brought up now. Yeah. They try getting out with trout. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Buffy fills them in that the master's bones are gone. She thinks that they're trying to bring the master back. Um, Giles says that he's never heard a re- of a revivication ritual being successful. Buffy says, but you've heard of them? Thanks for the warning. Um, yeah, way to go, Giles. Yeah, right. Way to go. You didn't First, you didn't fucking bury him deep enough. Now yeah. you're telling me he might be revived? Yeah, get a backhoe next time. Pal. Come on. This is the master's bones we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, you can't just throw them in the ground like dog Also, bones. why don't you split them up? Well, I mean, the idea of throwing like holy water down, I think was pretty smart. Okay, but that's like one step. You yeah. know, this is the master we're talking about. They also wore robes, about. they said, and did, <laughs> okay. a, wow. did a ritual. <laughs> but yeah, it does feel like there should have been even more effort put into it. Willow tries to defend Giles, um, and then Buffy says, look, this is Slayer stuff, okay? Could we just have a little bit less from the civilians, please? And then Xander is like, okay, that's enough. But before it goes any further, Snyder walks in and tells them to get back to their class and job. Kids leave, and Snyder says to Giles... There are some things I can just smell. It's like a sixth sense. And Giles says, no, that actually would be one of the five. (laughs) Snyder kind of goes on a little bit about like how, you know, he smells Buffy being a delinquent. and Yeah, he gets all hot and bothered here for dealing out punishment. He's like, I smell expulsion and pork oh, and beans <laughs> a hint of of jail yeah. <laughs> he gets really into it yeah. yeah i feel like you know what i feel like snyder would be a much better much happier as a prison guard oh yeah in the library that night giles is translating from a book in latin how the vampires might revive the master they need the blood of someone closest someone connected to the master Buffy's sure that it means her. And she says, we were close. We killed each other. It really promotes togetherness. (laughs) A rock comes crashing through the window, which Buffy neatly catches and notices that the letter wrapped around it is fastened with Cordelia's necklace. Uh, At least it looks like a necklace to me. I think it's it's like a choker. uh, The note says, come to the bronze before it opens or we make her a meal. And Xander says, (laughs) oh, they're going to cook her dinner. They're going to cook her dinner. (laughs) Yeah, I laughed pretty hard at that. I know, I did too. I was like, oh, God, Sandra. And he's like, forget I said that. <laughs> so <laughs> They're going to make her a meal. That uh, sounds nice. <laughs> and then um, Buffy says she's going it alone. She can't look after everybody else while she's also fighting. Willow asks a bit angrily, well, what about the rest of the note? You know, the part that says, P.S., this is a trap. Giles agrees that Buffy would be playing into the vampire's hands. And thanks. Hmm. 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 Um, but Buffy insists that she can do it on her own. And she fucking storms off again. <laughs> yeah. She's she's a, she's a huff. She's in a huff. Huffy, Huffy Buffy. Buffy. Huffy Buffy in this episode. Huffy Buffy. Maybe alternate that should title. be the alternate title. <laughs> yeah. Huffy Buffy and the whatever we come up with for Lost. <laughs> yeah. Write it down. Write it down. Pork and beans. Pork and beans. <laughs> How many times are we going to bring up pork and beans for the rest of this podcast, do you think? Oh, I think we're going to be saying it. I think this is going to be a joke that carries through to the end. <laughs> pork and beans will never die on this and podcast. And beyond. We're yeah. going to now, instead of saying cool beans, we'll say pork and beans. Pork and beans. Buffy is walking in the dark. Angel shows up behind her and she gives him a hard time again saying, I don't trust you. You're a vampire. 
oh, I'm sorry, was that an offensive term? Should I say undead American? Uh, Angel tells her that she can't do it alone, and she goads him, trying to get him to basically fight her. She's like, beat me, Angel. Whoa, that sounded really dark when you said it. (laughs) Yowza. (laughs) Well, she said, kick my ass. Yeah, she's like, come on, kick my ass. It's like, there's some darkness that has been loosed in Buffy. That's what I'm saying. Something happened in L.A. over the summer. Like, she went to some weird parties, and she met some (laughs) strange folk. Strange folk. Yeah, More strange than the master, Something changed in Buffy. Yeah, maybe. Buffy tells him to stay out of her way, and she storms off again. Pat, if yeah. we were taking a shot every time Buffy stormed off in this We'd episode, we would be fushnicked yeah. right now. <laughs> fushnicked? <laughs> fushnicked. Buffy enters the bronze, and Angel follows right behind her. So yeah. you really took that insult to heart. Mm-hmm. Uh... And there's a woman standing, and I'm back. <laughs> there's a woman sta- uh, sitting on the floor crying. Buffy says, that's not Cordelia. And yeah. it's a vampire woman. And she turns around saying Cordelia couldn't make it, but she won't give them any more details. And then in the library, Willow and Xander are arguing about whether or not they should have gone after Buffy. While Giles realizes the translation was bad and he said the vampires need the blood of the people who are physically nearest to the master not like spiritually connected in a close way but actually literally like right next to him physically yeah physically yes so they figure out that the trap is actually in the library so he says it is a trap and then vampires appear in the upper level behind xander and willow he says it just isn't for her Buffy leaves Angel to vamp sit as she returns to the library. <laughs> vamp nice nap, vamp sit. <laughs> yeah. She returns to the library finding it a mess. There's furniture turned over, computer broken. Xander like kind of is like coming to sort of. Um, and he's bleeding from the nose and the mouth. Willow and Giles are gone. Xander doesn't know where they were taken, but he tells Buffy, I don't know what your problem is, what your issues are. But as of now, I officially don't care. If you'd worked with us for five seconds, you could have stopped this. And they like have a little back and forth. And then he says, if they hurt Willow, I'll kill you. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. Finally, Xander's like, I've had enough of your shit, Buffy. Yeah. I like when Xander knocks off his like cutesy, like jokey jokes. Yeah. Yeah, And he gets down to business. And this is one where he like, he lets it out, you know? Yeah. He's like, I don't know what your deal is, but if you've worked with us, we're going to stop this. Yeah. We're not fucking around. This is Willow. Yeah. This is my Willow. I might not want to lick, you know, ice cream cream. off her face right now, but this is my girl. (laughs) Right. There will be another day where I. Yo, my girl, Willow. (laughs) Forrest Gump? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, We cut back to the bronze. Buffy is beaten, you know, so she's like, here's how we're going to figure out what it is, where they took them. So I'm like, there's some transition. Okay. <laughs> sure. She's like, what the fuck did she say? <laughs> she's like, we need to find out where, how. And then we cut to the bronze. And she is beating up the vamp lady, trying to get more information from her. She puts her cross necklace in the vampire's mouth, which yeah. burns. It's a good way to get some in- info. Yeah. 
But also, I was like, wouldn't that make it difficult for her to talk? Right. Her vamp tongue would be all burnt out. She'd be like, it's like, sorry, don't understand you. She just keeps burning her mouth. She just keeps doing it. (laughs) Then we cut to the warehouse where Colin slash the anointed one slash mini me carries a box over to the old school Dracula looking vamp. Apparently, his name is Absalom. Absalom. They never actually say his name, but it's like in the credits. Oh, kind of like Borba. Borba, right. But this was actually like in the beginning credits. Oh, interesting. They list the actor's name and say as Absalom. Mm. So Absalom is standing by a table with the master's bones laid out. Will, Giles, Cordelia, and Miss Calendar are moved along an overhead conveyor hanging um, upside down and unconscious above the master's bones. Absalom begins, begins preaching that the blood that pours from their throats will bring new life to the old one. This is where I feel like Borba would have been, you know, he really would have shined, shown. Yeah, this would have, this would have been his moment. He would have, this would have been his shining moment. And he would have came out with a huge a stew huge pot. bowl of pork, of pork, and, pork beans. and beans. And just be like, first, we all eat pork and beans. And then just start <laughs> slapping it down in front of everyone. Everyone gets a scoop. You get a scoop and you get a scoop. And you, mini me, you get two scoops because we love you. And then and he pats his little grow. bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah i just i don't know why but as i was watching this i was like you know i'm really missing borba yeah we need some borba he's gonna come back this guy was great you know he wasn't bad i'm just like this just would have been a good borba moment yeah i agree borba would have been great in every episode (laughs) (laughs) bring borba back (laughs) yeah we need more borba (laughs) uh and yeah so basically he's gonna slit their throats to bring the master back to life Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is talking about this as Buffy, Angel, and Xander creep in. Xander urges Buffy to do something now because she kind of walks in and is like a little bit like, uh, like kind of dazed, captivated sort of by looking mm-hmm. at the master's bones slash her friends. And Xander's like, we got to do something now. So she tells them to get the others out as she distracts the vampires by killing them all. And then uh, Absalom yells and battling ensues. Absalom, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. That's the best I can do. Pushes Colin behind him. And of course, Colin disappears and just sort of scurries off as he does. I'm going to go watch my cartoons. I'll be back when this is all done. And Buffy keeps fighting the vampires and Angel and Xander work to take down Willow, Giles, Cordelia, and Miss Calendar from the conveyor belt. Angel's pulled into the battle. Xander then watches like all the other vamps are dead except for Absalom and this one that Buffy is fighting. And Xander's kind of like watching her and he says she's working out her issues and they're watching from like a floor above kind of absalom makes it down to her carrying a sledgehammer and he threatens to grind her into a sticky paste (laughs) and here you beg before i smash in your face and then he and the vamp that she had been fighting rush at her at the same time buffy double dusts them with a torch so she burns absalom with the torch end of it and then stakes the other vamp at the same time with the pointy broken end absalom goes up in flames yeah and it's very abrupt yeah he goes up in flames and his eyes like even puff out with flames too it's very fast and made me chuckle yeah it was he was flaming Mm-hmm. Flame and yawn. She sledges all the master's bones. So the, hey, whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I can't say that. I've got to lead up to that. 
All right. Sledgehammer falls to the floor mm-hmm. and she drops the now extinguished torch, picks up the sledgehammer and smashes the master's bones to smithereens as yeah. Xander, Giles and Willow look on. This reminded me of when Jack busted up his father's coffin. Yeah. Yeah. There's a very similar moment and they're both Cathartic like moment. And Buffy starts to cry. She's getting very emotional. It's like a big emotional release for her. Right. Um, and then Angel comes up behind her, you know, and is like, it's okay. And then she turns and like lets him hold her. Yeah. She breaks down and cries on Angel's shoulder. Yeah. And Xander's like, what about my shoulder? And she's like, you're too far away. He's right here. And also we're just friends. Me. And also and he's hotter. My dance didn't mean anything. Sorry, Sorry. you had to spank the moppet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next day, Cordelia complains to Miss Calendar about the stains that this ordeal has left behind on her clothes. And Miss Calendar's like, yeah, that's the worst part of what happened. Yeah. And Buffy is confessing to Giles how nervous she is to approach her friends after how she treated them. Giles tries to reassure her by saying that this is hardly the worst mistake that she'll make. Buffy nervously walks into class where Willow and Xander are already sitting. Willow says that they saved her a seat. So she sits down and they kind of engage in small talk about their plans for the evening, smiling and letting Buffy know all is okay. Just like old times. Just like old times. And the scene plays out with upbeat piano music. No, this scene sucks. (laughs) This music. That's my point point is it's like I felt like this was like an ironic thing where like, you know, we had the moody, super dramatic shit the whole episode. Okay, so so this is what you're talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. This is what I was talking about earlier. Like this was not done in a serious way. This was done in, I think, an ironic nod to the sappy 80s, 90s TV shows and movies Where like friends are making up and everything's okay in the end and there's you know whatever. That's I don't know if I don't know if it's played for irony. I think think this this might have just been like we are going to go for this emotion, which is just stock baloney schmaltzy. I think it was totally intentional. I don't know about that. Ironic intentional. Yeah, I don't know. But the Muzak and then their dialogue fades out and the Muzak gets even louder and it's a long ending. This hasn't been done before in a Buffy episode. You know what I mean? It's Wait, right. okay, hold on. But this hold is a on. series. Hold this is on. a series You're openers. okay with them doing this like every other <laughs> fucking episode in Lost, but Buffy does it once to be <laughs> ironic and you're not okay with it? Look. Lost does it with explain real good music. Explain yourself. Okay, I'll explain myself. The Lost does it with the help of Michael Giacchino, one of the best composers ever. Whoever composed this thing with this music at the end yeah, it was, was like the same person stock, it was who made footage. Yeah, it, right, no, it's the same person who, who composes the music for Sears. Yes, you're walking but around I think Sears. that was intentional. <laughs> like, he likes to be, Joss Whedon likes to be hokey that way. Yeah. Joss. I don't Come know. Come on, man. you gotta call me up. You gotta call me up. Send us an email. Let us know that I'm right and this was yeah. intentional, because I know I'm right. All right. Then we cut to a piece of the master's skull on the floor of the warehouse. Colin Minnie Me walks by it, looking around. Then he looks up at the destruction of his daddy yet again, mm. and he says, "I hate that girl." <laughs> and that's the end. Okay. Fun episode. Yeah. So I got some trivia for you. Okay. Anytime the master was showed here in non-flashback footage, Mm -hmm. it's actually David Boreanaz. What? Yep. Like he put on the master face? Yeah. 
Oh. Imagine how much how many hours of makeup that took. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um That's fun. thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, the title of this episode, When She Was Bad, um, mm-hmm. is derived from a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that goes, you probably heard this poem, there was a little girl who had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very good indeed. But when she was bad, she was horrid. Why do you think I would have heard that? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like people know that one. No? Never yeah. heard that? <laughs> no, I'm not really reading poetry. Okay. But I, it's cute. It's a cute little it. ditty. Little little ditty. Yeah. <laughs> when Xander notices Buffy's new hair at the beginning of the episode, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller had had it restyled for Scream 2. Oh, she was in Scream 2? Yeah. Mm. Uh, which she filmed between seasons one and two of Buffy. Shibo Mato, Shibo Mato, I forget how you, pron- how you pronounce the name of that band, but the one that they're all excited about seeing at the bronze and then they yeah. see at the bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones uh, who are playing when Buffy is doing her sexy dance with Xander. Mm-hmm. They are, in fact, a real band. Yeah, and I figure that they are real bands. I feel like most of the bands that they have on there are probably real bands. But we don't always know their names. That's true. Yeah, so this actually is the the name of the band, too. Mm-hmm. And one of the members is Sean Lennon, the son of John, John Lennon, Lennon and Yoko Ono. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He's Very the cool. bassist, and he is playing on stage at the Bronze in this episode. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was nuts. Yeah, I don't think it's blowing me away as much as it blows you away. I mean, I guess he's not like that big or whatever, but no, I just famous. thought that was kind of cool. It would be crazier if it was actually John Lennon. He, well, that wouldn't be possible. Well, Hellmouth. That's true. You know, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if they spent their energy just trying to bring back John Lennon instead of the yeah. master? Come on. Mm-hmm. That's what we really right. need. You know, if we could just grab Mini-Me by his ears and be like, listen to me. Okay. Mini me. We need, what this world really needs is less darkness and more Beatles. Yes. All right, cool. After a long awaited episode off of Lost, yeah. we are back. I was excited to get back to Lost, especially because like we still don't know where the hell Claire is. And we still don't know after this episode. And either. even after this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into Lost. Okay. So this is Lost Season 1, Episode 12, titled Whatever the Case May Be, which is a stupid title of a pun. <laughs> I actually liked it. You liked I it? I thought you were going to like it too, because I'm like, oh, this is a double entendre. <laughs> no, I do like puns, but it, it was just so on the nose. I don't know. There's there's a very fine line that I enjoy my puns of, oh. and this one was uh, over the line. Over I the line! Over the line. <laughs> I don't know that I noticed it until... At least more than halfway through the episode, if not until like the very end. Yeah. But I, <laughs> yeah, was like, I wrote it down. I was like, oh boy. I was go. like, Dave, it's a double entendre. And he was like, <laughs> what? So this episode is directed by Jack Bender and it's written by Damon Lindelof and Jennifer Johnson. And this episode originally aired on January 5th, 2005, which today is January 5th. Look at Whoa. that. Yeah. We have caught up to exactly... 16 years later wow how crazy is that so exciting so although exciting. when this episode drops it'll be like two weeks later yeah so 
I had some trouble figuring out whose backstory I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I said that I thought it was going to be Boone's because we kind of end with Locke and Boone finding the bu- bunker on the previous episode. Mm-hmm. And I said that I think Claire getting kidnapped is like a Rosemary ba- Rosemary's baby situation mm-hmm. in that she's probably giving birth to the Antichrist and these people want to worship the Antichrist. Okay. And I think that Ethan and whoever captured Claire, the people that Danielle was referring to when she said they were there were others. But I don't think that it's a native tribe. I think it's just other people who've been put on the island. I think it's a culty situation. And I think that what Boone and Locke found was a bunker that people had lived in, are living in, or had been living in at some point. Okay. But we don't really get any of that in this episode. Some of my other predictions from way, way long ago do come true in this episode. And I was so pumped about it. And we will get to that when we get to that. Okay. All right. So let's get to it. So the episode starts off with great music by Michael Giacchino and a roaming camera that is sort of floating through the jungle. And eventually we land on Kate, who has scaled a large tree and is picking some sort of fruit. She gets her fruit and she's walking through the jungle. Did you notice her bag, what it was made out of? No. Is it human hair? No. Human hair what? (laughs) No. Her bag that she sort of fashioned out of the belt was a belt of a uh, the airplane like a seatbelt. Oh seat belt. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like the I guess was I didn't really pick up something. on that because like I feel like that became a fashion for a little while. <laughs> right, it's just normal fashion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, that did not even occur to me, but like I definitely feel like people had bags that had like the seat buckle belt buckles things on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. So something makes some noise behind her and she sort of freaks out, some mm-hmm. foliage rustling. So uh, my first thought was they need a buddy system. They can't just go out in the yeah, jungle together. That's So she throws a rock into the jungle and she hits Sawyer. <laughs> and Sawyer sort of <laughs> saunders out. He's like, ow, you hit me, ow. That's what you get. That's what you get. That's what happens. And uh, he said, I was just protecting you. And she's like, from what? You know, you stalker, you southern perverts. Is that what you're protecting me <laughs> I like from? that line. Yeah, that's <laughs> What funny. are you protecting me from, southern perverts? <laughs> yeah. So they walk through the jungle together and chat a little bit. And Kate hears something. And she's like, shh, do you hear that? And then they find a beautiful waterfall, like a nice little oasis area in the middle of the jungle. Immediately, they start stripping down. They're like, oh boy, I got to jump in this water. They they get all excited. Sawyer starts stripping first and he eggs her on to come in with him. Yeah, which I, as as he was like kind of stripping down, I'm like, um, I feel like his arm wound would get infected or reopen. Like that shit was deep. Mm, And I know it's been a little bit of time, but like, I don't feel like it's been enough time for him to just be like swimming out in water, you know? Yeah. And especially the water in what they find in the water, that's not good for a wound. Yes. That's exactly what I, that's what I said like later on. I was like, yeah. (laughs) Definitely not good for your wound. Definitely not good now. (laughs) Right. So they have a good time splashing around and they swim to the bottom of the waterfall and they climb the rocks, they dive in. And this is when they come across two dead bodies underwater strapped into airplane seats. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. First of all, let's back up a second. Okay. Because Kate's wearing a thong. Oh, right. And it's like very like fucking gratuitous oversexualization. <laughs> and I'm Well, that like, could just be what she's wearing. I'm sure she doesn't have extra pairs, you know? Well- Although she could find some granny panties in the uh, 
in the luggage well, or something. Well, no. First of all, they show it. There's a is lot. It a thong? There's I don't a lot think it's a thong. It. it looks it's like not a, thong a thong to me. It looks nah, it's, it's very like, it's it's like a g-string. It's not it's butt very cheeks. Stringy. You don't see butt cheeks. There's not like a butt floss thing happening. <laughs> I'm trying to talk women's lingerie here. It's like <laughs> not a butt floss thing happening. <laughs> it's like uh it's like it's panties but high underwear. cut. Yeah, and they give a lot of attention to it. But I'm like I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. Kate, you're on the lamb and that's what you're packing for underwear? Maybe she likes uh the breathability. I don't know. <laughs> she needs the breathability <laughs> to run faster. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's in some skimpier underwear. They're definitely not old trouser <laughs> underwear. <laughs> trouser. <laughs> old trouser underwear. <laughs> yeah, they're high cut they're on the side. Shorts. Sure. They're not boy shorts. Yeah. So then we get the lost title after we see the airplane seats underwater. After the title, they surface and Sawyer asks if Kate's okay. That was like the first thing. He's like, are you okay? And then says that uh, he's going to check them out. And she's like, for what? He's like, to see what they got on him because Sawyer's such a scavenger. Gross. <laughs> so but he dives down. at the same down. time, I'm like, I mean, whatever they have, they're not using. So they got to be scavengers. Gotta yeah, you yeah. got to do that. Do what you got to do, Sawyer. Yeah. So they both go down and take a look-see and he comes up with yeah, a wallet. Yeah, and they're holding their breath way too long for normal people. Really? You think so? I think so. I did, I felt like it was realistic enough. I did not feel like it was, especially because of how deep they go down. Yeah. Like if they were just swimming a little bit underneath the surface, like that, right. I feel like it makes but more But they're going sense. down like 12 but feet. But they're going down really far. Yeah. I am no Olympic medal swimmer. No. Or No, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert by any means, clearly, but- <laughs> right. I know that if I was swimming down to those dead people, by the time I got to them, I'd be like, I got to go right back up and get more breath. Yeah, you wouldn't be able so, to do it. Kate wants the silver case that she saw down there. It was like stuck underneath the one yeah, of the chairs the seats, there. Yeah. Yeah. So she asked him to help her go get it. They dive back down. They get it out. And of course, it's locked. Mm-hmm. So Sawyer asks Kate about the suitcase because he has this funny feeling that Freckles knows what's in it. And yeah. that she has some sort of connection with this silver case. Kate stays well, silent she also and tells says it's mine. But then she just gives it up pretty easily. She's like, All right, fine, you take it. See yeah. if I care. But I think she's trying to reverse psychology him. Oh, definitely. She wants that case. Yeah. Real bad. <laughs> so on the beach, the tide has started to shift suddenly and it's starting to wash away the beach mysteriously. All of their stuff that is on the beach, like all the rest of the uh, luggage and the wreckage is starting to get washed away. Yeah. So, so everybody's sort of scrambling. Right. Yeah. To get it all back. So Saeed and Jack talk about possibly moving inland. Saeed is cautioning against it since all the bad stuff happens in the jungle. He mentions what happens to Claire or what happened to Claire. Mm-hmm. And Jack wants him to bring him to Russo. And yes. they talk about Russo and the maps and the papers slash equations that Saeed said that he took from her. But Saeed says that it would be really tough to figure out because it's in French and it's pretty confusing. And uh, he also says maybe some things shouldn't be translated. Mm. Hmm. We cut to Boone and Shannon talking and Shannon starts to question Boone about what he's been doing out in the jungle with Locke. She's like, what are you and Locke doing out there? (laughs) Yeah, which I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe you should get off your ass and come and see. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) How about that, Shannon? Yeah, well, she's working on her tan. She's got to. She's got to keep that uh, color going. I've got their base good tan. Base. Yeah. So he tells her that they're looking for Claire, and at least he's doing something, unlike her. Yeah. And she takes offense to that. 
Yeah, well, it's no I fun mean, to hear that. I'm, she, he's, she's been told that so many times now that yeah. like she looks sad, but it's like, bitch, get up and do something then. Like, <laughs> do don't something. just tell me you're you're upset about it, which she yes. does. And Some she does, people actually. need an extra little push. Yeah, yeah she, she actually needs does. Like 20. We cut to Kate sitting by the fire and Sawyer walks by in slow-mo with the case. And there's yeah, a this is stupid. Shot. Why, is this, why is this in slow-mo? They do the slow-mo thing right before a flashback a lot of the time. Mm. So that's what they're doing here. They cut to a close-up yeah, of the case. Yeah, I, I think it's just because there was like only part of it was in slow-mo. It was very weird to me. Yeah, it was like it's a little off-putting until you realize that, oh, they're just they're they're transitioning into the flashback. Yeah, that's a good Cause point. Because the flashback could be kind of jarring if you don't slow the pace down a little bit. All right. Because they do the sound effect. You yeah. Know. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll let so, that one go. All right, cool. Boom, we're back into a flashback where uh, a loan officer in a bank is talking to Kate, but he calls her Miss Ryan. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, all of a sudden, a bank robbery starts happening. Yeah, and I immediately called it. Yep. That she you kn- was... You knew what was happening I here? I knew what was happening here. Do I okay. don't know if you want me to reveal yet, but okay, I well, called what happens. So then we cut back to Kate. At night, and she sneaks into Sawyer's tent, who's cuddled up with the case in between his legs. Yeah. He's just sleeping. The thing's just tucked in between his <laughs> knees. He's cuddling it like his little yeah. teddy bear. Right. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to, you know, just gingerly slide it out from his knees. Like, obviously, that's why it's between his knees, because he's going to wake up if you try to take his uh, silver case here. Yeah, he should have punched him out first. Of course, he wakes up and says, gotcha. And he captures her in his legs. And she headbutts him. Yes. And she which tells him to fun. give her the case. And they tussle a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so And I'm like, What's in the box? What's in the case? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to Shannon. She's sunbathing on the beach and she unties her top. And Saeed approaches and warns her about the sun being hotter than she's used to because they're closer to the equator and such. He asks her for some help in translating the French papers from Rousseau. And she's a bit suspicious. She asks if her brother put him up to this. He's like, no, he didn't. And she's like, well, not interested. She refuses, but he persists a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Then we cut to Sawyer trying to pick the Halliburton case, as we come to find out is what it's called, because Michael and Hurley walk by and they start laughing at him trying. And Michael's like, if you can uh, pick a Halliburton case, then I'll turn into a plane and fly you off this island right now or something yeah, crazy like I'm that. Yeah, which I'm like, why? how does everybody know what this is? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is a bigger thing back then. Like, I, I feel know. like I've heard the name Halliburton. What's, what is that? I don't know. Zero Halliburton, and they make specially uh, special cases, luggage, attache cases. So that's what attache. this is. Attache cases, and they're very expensive. They cost, if you want a brand new one, like the one that you see here, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you around $600. Wow, that's expensive. So you buy a yep. Halliburton when you want to hide, when you want to hide something or yeah. keep it keep it locked up. Yep. Which is basically so. what Michael and uh Hurley are saying. Right. They're saying there's no way to pick that. Yeah. But Sawyer thinks that he can. He's like, you, you you get that runway, you know, warmed up or something like that. He's trying to smash it open because Michael actually mentions the only way to get that open is with like brute, brute force, force, like a yeah. whole bunch of velocity. Sawyer is in the jungle and he's smashing it against a rock and there's a whole bunch of jump cuts of him trying to break it open. And then he goes to the top of a cliff and he throws it off the cliff and it just sort of lands of course doesn't break open kate scampers in 
and she grabs the Halliburton case. Yes. She just <laughs> and she sort of looks right up and I was like, smirks ah. at him. <laughs> yeah. Classic move. And Sawyer's like, hey, hey, don't even think about it. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah, and so, he runs after her. Runs after her, and then there's a chasing through the jungle scene, which is a lost thing that happens all the time. Yeah. Nice little jungle chase. And then he catches her in some tall grass, and he tells her that he'll give it to her if she just tells him what it is. Yeah, see, and, and here I'm like, just knee him in the balls and right. get away. But he says, I just want to know what's in there just to satisfy my burning curiosity. Mm-hmm. But she stays silent. She doesn't say anything. And then he says, okay. And he walks away with the case still. Flashback back to the bank robbery. The manager is being asked for a key with a gun in his face. And a good Samaritan attacks one of the robbers. And the gun goes loose. And it slides straight to Kate. So Kate picks it up and she points it at the robbers. And she tries firing it, but it just sort of clicks. Uh, She says, I don't know how to use a gun. And then... The Which Robert. I feel like would be me in this situation. <laughs> like, I'd be yeah. like, fuck! Yeah, I don't <laughs> I know what to do. Ro- Somebody else take this from me! <laughs> yeah, here, you do it, sir. So the robber gets a hold of her and then grabs the gun from her and pulls her into a side room. This is where we find out that they're in on it together because yeah. they make out. They really make out. So this is yeah. where I'm like, I fucking called it. So You knew it was happening. Yeah, so when, even on her in her first flashback, I was like, I feel like Kate is in on this. And obviously at this part, we see that. And it's confirmed. I had said episode two during Kate's first flashback when we were like, what is, what's the deal with Kate? What's Why is she crime? on the lamb? Yeah. I said that I my guess was that she's going to be a femme fatale she maybe killed a guy who probably deserved it. You did a good job on that. Thank you. So we don't know the full story, though. No. Yet we get hints of it. So we'll see. So cut back to the beach, and Saeed and Shannon, they pour over the French math equations that he got from Rousseau. And she says, I can't, I can't do this. She starts to doubt herself, and Saeed encourages her and asks her where she would learn French. And she says, from this guy. And they have this nice moment together yeah and they smile at this each was other being saeed is so nice like he's i know nice that he has a pretty crazy past but like he's clearly yeah. trying to atone for it and he's clearly a good guy yeah he's done some torturing but he is ultimately a nice guy yeah and i feel like i guess not everyone is just like tossing shannon aside and discounting her because it's really just her brother who's like, why are you so useless? Yeah. Um, but I just, I mean, obviously Saeed like wants wants to get something out of her. So in a way, like it's kind of interesting because like he is being very nice, but I feel like he's also using some like manipulation techniques that he probably sure. learned from torture where he's like, I'm going to be nice to her and like disarm her a little bit to get her to like work with me. Well, he needs somebody who can speak French or at least somewhat understand French if he's going to get anywhere on these French papers. Right. So he does need to employ her help. Yeah. But so I mean, he, is, he is being nice. So he is being nice at the same time. I think there is a connection there. I don't think it's just straight up manipulation where he needs to like at least that's the feeling I'm getting right now. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no real reason for him to do that. After that, cut to Jack in the caves who talks with son about she's procuring some plants or something yes. and he's like what what are what are these for yeah i have Do you information know what plant for it is? you okay so i don't know for sure without 
looking at the plant myself, but it seems pretty sure to me that that is Tulsi or Mm -hmm. also known as holy basil, which is an anti-inflammatory. So I suppose it could be pretty good with helping with headaches because that's what she said it does. Yeah, she says, oh, it's for ooh, ah, ah, ooh. Yeah, and he's like, oh, headaches. Oh, headaches, yeah. Um, So I guess it could be good for that, but it's really best known as an an adaptogen, which Mm. um, helps the body adapt to physical and emotional stress um, and aging over like long-term if as you if you take it regularly. It's also an antimicrobial, antifungal, and expectorant. So it's really good for fighting off like respiratory diseases, flus, congestions. It's definitely good to have like hand, it's, you know, this would be a good thing for like, honestly, for Jack to use for sort of like cleaning up like, you know, light wounds and and stuff like that um, because it's antimicrobial, microbial, and um, anti-inflammatory. It's also India's most revered plant medicinally and spiritually and is believed to be Lakshmi's, who's the Hindu goddess of prosperity, beauty, and joy, favorite herb. Wow. Look at that. Look at that. Now, Jack needs to really make friends with Sun, and they need to really go into business together. I because, know. That's what, like, yeah. that's what I'm thinking, because, like, like, he has the, medis- you know, the medical knowledge down, the, like, very... Clinical. Clinical, yes. Thank you. But she's, like, she's out here in the jungle, and she's, like, you know, it's, like, eventually they're going to run out of pills. And yeah. what are you going to do then? You got to work with, like, the plants yeah, that you find have. Find some plants. Yep. So Kate arrives and she says that she has a problem. Jack's the only one who knows about her situation. Yes. So she tells Jack about the case and he asks what's in it. And she's like, there's there's four nine millimeter guns with ammo in it. Yeah, she's like, uh, pretty specific about it. <laughs> yeah, she knows exactly what's in it and that it belonged to the marshal and that Sawyer has it, and she tells him that she knows that the key was in the marshal's back pocket. But, of course, Jack buried the marshal after he died, you know, episode two or three, whatever that was. Well, we find that... we Did we know that then? Or? We never found that out. We find that in, out here. In previous episodes. This is where we find it out. Yeah, yeah. okay. Because yeah. everybody else was burned. Right. Yep, um, because they had that big ceremonial body burning right but <laughs> yeah. but he yeah he was buried which i get I guess is lucky right in this case so jack in this case so jack <laughs> asks what else is in the case and she's like oh just the guns and jack says if you want my help we're going to open this case together okay and she's like oh, okay fine <laughs> she acts like she's got nothing to hide you know we cut to charlie and rose she tells him that nobody blames him for claire's disappearance because charlie for the whole beginning of the episode has been very despondent and sitting quiet. by himself yeah. quiet just hating on himself being very depressed because his love of his life claire Ooh. is missing and he claire. blames himself so Charlie says, well, maybe I should have died, he says. And I was like, and... <laughs> Rose says, maybe you should ask for help. And then he's like, who's going to help me? We're in a flashback again. Yeah, the robber guy calls Kate Maggie and he backhands her and drags her into the bank. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I know that was for show. But right, I was but it was like, cold. I was like, oh, he better fucking end up dead. She better end up killing him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even warn her about it, too. He's like, he all right, I'm going to do this now. That's yeah. what I mean. Like, that, Yeah. it's one, 
I don't no, it's not good. It's not good it's any not good. way you slice it. Also, you can't just take some ketchup and splash it on your face. Yeah, come I mean, on. Nobody's gonna know. You don't need Have an some ketchup actual and, you, you don't even need ketchup. Go and you know, if you're gonna do this whole thing, fucking yeah. go to a Halloween store and buy some fake blood pellets. <laughs> blood pellets. Or one of those fake wounds that you could just like Yeah, just uh, slap it on spirit gum on your face. Yeah. <laughs> Then you got to bring the spirit gun. Then you got to have the makeup to blend it in. It's a whole thing. Just get the blood You got to bring caplets. a mirror and a whole, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so, yeah, he could have warned her. And the fact that he didn't, that's what made me be like, oh, fuck oh, you, Oh, he's dude. a bad guy. Yeah, he's no he's no good. He is no bueno. So he holds uh, a gun at her head and he starts counting counting down in front of the manager. Yeah. Basically asking for the key. And the manager agrees at the last second. Cut to Jack and Kate, and they're digging up the body of the marshal. And this is a gross scene. A lot scene. of dead bodies being dug up. <laughs> why, yeah, why this are there is so weird a crossover. crossovers. Like, yeah, this is a weird crossover. It's so strange how that happens. Yeah. So they're digging up a body, and they <laughs> cough and they choke at the smell. Gross. Oh. Reminds me of Goodfellas scene when they're digging up the body. Oh, um, this reminds me of something different, but we'll get to it okay. in a second. <laughs> all right. So they're all sweaty. And then uh, finally, Kate reaches in to like the back of his pants, you know, to get the key. And to then get his, she has a little, So she does get his wallet. She does get his wallet. Yeah. And then she like drops it or something because she's like, oh, it's not in there. Or well, something. she, op- first of all, c- yeah. Pat. What? You cannot gloss over this. She opens it up <laughs> and there's fucking maggots everywhere. Oh, I missed that because I was How writing notes. How did you miss it? It was done. I was writing my notes. <laughs> Have you seen Lost Boys? Uh, no. I've never seen the Lost Boys. The vampire movie with um, nope. Kiefer Sutherland? Corey Feldman. Oh, yeah. Corey Feldman, too. Oh, there's a scene in that where like t- Chinese food turns into maggots and worms. Ugh. It's gross. so gross. And I remember one time I had forgotten about that scene and I was watch I was watching it while eating Chinese food. Oh no. Did it ruin Chinese food for you? I was like, well, I'm done eating now. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely feel like every time I watch it, I have to like just not have Chinese food for a little while. <laughs> so that's what this yeah, reminded pretty me gross. of. And I was like, uh, uh. Yeah. Okay. So she opens up the the wallet and there's maggots in it. Gross. And she drops it at that point. Yeah. And she's like, no, there's no key in there or something. But sleight of hand, Kate has the key and Jack knows immediately and he's not happy. Yeah. That she lied to him. I didn't, I did not put that together for some reason that she would have done that. Oh, I put it together immediately. I mean, I know I've seen the show before, so maybe that's why. But I was like, oh, she... This is a sleight of hand, but maybe because I didn't see the maggots. You know, I was like, oh, she's being dramatic about a wallet. Yeah. No. I <laughs> yeah. was like, yeah, I would have fucking dropped that too. So he's not happy about that. So cut back to Shannon and Saeed, and they're still going over the papers. And uh, she says, it's something about the Sea of Sparkles and the Blue Infinity and uh, they start to get a little frustrated with each other. Saeed says, this was a mistake. She said, oh, yeah, haven't you heard? I'm completely useless. Yeah. Yeah, so it starts feeding into her. Her narrative. Yep, her narrative. Then we cut to Jack uh, approaching Sawyer about the case. This is like in every Lost episode where somebody has to approach Sawyer for something. Yeah. And then they get a bargain and talk about why they got to give it up to, <laughs> to them. So Sawyer, of course, doesn't want to give it to him. Classic old Sawyer. And Jack says he won't give him the antibiotics for his arm boo-boo. And so Sawyer 
There you go. He probably would go. get infected. He would, yeah. He needs those antibiotics. Yeah. But for his Sawyer gives boo-boo. it to him. <laughs> for his little boo Well, he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sure that's not true or whatever. But I was like, yeah. oh, shit, Jack. You're like extorting Sawyer? Like, you're yeah. playing with the big boys now, Jackie boy. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's got to play dirty if you want to mess around with yeah, Sawyer. Yeah, he's not clean anymore. Mm-mm. That so, white shirt is dirty. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's wearing a white shirt, but I know he was for a while. So Sawyer says to him after he gives it to him, he says, I bet you think you're doing her a favor, but whatever she told you, she lied to you, brother. And Jack knows. Jack knows something's up. So Jack finds Kate on the beach with the case, and he says, we're going to open this together. And then slow-mo Kate, flashback. Mm-hmm. Now we're in the bank vault, and the manager tells the robber to let the girl go. And the robber goes all crazy, and he tells the manager that it's actually the girl's plan. She, meaning Kate slash Maggie, mm-hmm. she kind of freaks out, and she asks him, what are you doing? And he says, I'm just cleaning up my mess after myself. Or what's he say? I'm just cleaning up after myself. And because it seems as though he's going to shoot the manager at this point. Yeah. And then she picks up a gun, and she points it at her boyfriend, Boo, slash robber they have a little back and forth and then she ends up shooting her boyfriend in the leg and then shoots the two other robbers yep down as well because she was basically like our rule was nobody gets hurt right and now you're gonna kill this guy like uh uh-uh not on my watch not on maggie's watch yep she talks to the manager about opening a safety deposit box 815 which is the number of the flight yes Good job. So he says she needs two keys. You know, they need the bank manager key, but they also need the customer key. But she already has the customer key. And then she says, I'm not Maggie. And she opens the safety deposit box, and there's just a loan envelope in there. Yeah. I felt like maybe it had something. At this moment, I was like, maybe this has something to do with her dad. Because we don't know a lot about her, but she talked about... We don't, she mentioned him once. She mentioned yeah. him once about how, like, you know, going hiking and stuff like that was his church. So she clearly had some kind of a good relationship with him. So for yeah. whatever reason, I think because there's just so much dad stuff in this show. There's a lot of dad I talk in this that. show. Back on the island at night, Jack and Kate open the case together and they find the guns amongst some cash and some other things. And they also find an envelope, like a manila envelope that is labeled personal effects and an envelope within that envelope which matches the one that she found in the security so many deposit envelopes. box. So many envelopes. And he hands her the envelope and she opens it slowly and she pulls out a small plane toy and Jack asks, what is it? And she is like, it's nothing. You wouldn't understand. And then he keeps pressing. He's like, tell me what it is. What is it? What is it? What is it? And then she breaks down, she starts to cry, and she says, it belongs to the man I love, to the man I killed. Which and I she called. really starts to cry, hardcore. And, oh, Jack, look what you've done now. You made Kate cry. Yep, but also yeah. I called that she killed a guy. <laughs> you did call But that. I also said that he probably deserved it, so we yeah. have yet to find that out yet. And then Jack saunters off. He's like, oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, better go he get, the get answers her a that banana he wanted. or something. Yeah, I got to go find a plantain or something. <laughs> hey, son, you got any leaves she can nibble on or something to <laughs> make her feel better? Got anything to make her happier. 
be funny if he brought her back some like some quaaludes or something to like calm her down <laughs> be like here why don't you take this you know it'll calm what? me down i was trying to give these to claire but <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but uh you could use them now because you're a little emotional okay she's like stop yeah he doesn't know how to deal with emotional women but he's always emotional he's, he's just always very emotional right he's like just take this pill okay <laughs> so my first thought was all that for a little toy plane really come on but obviously there's some significance yeah there's definitely some significance but it also is like what yeah it's a little much she did a lot for that plane but it's interesting that it's a plane it is interesting i don't know what it means but it's interesting yes so back on the beach the group moves things up the beach to a new location so this is sort of they're moving their whole operation to a new place still on the beach but it's just farther up yeah, it's like at the so, tree line, which I was, mm-hmm. as I was looking at it, I'm like, why weren't they there before? Yeah, that seems, seems like a much better location. Seems like a much better location. Like you're, you're a little bit more sheltered, but I guess maybe they were afraid of being too close to the trees because of the whatever monster thing is in the, yeah. the jungle. So at night, Charlie and Rose are hanging out by the fire and uh, Charlie talks about how her husband was in the tail section of the plane. And Rose again says, yes, but he'll be back. I just know that he's alive. And she said, there's a fine line between denial and faith, and it's much better on my side. So she's very calm about this. So Charlie cries. He asks her to help him, and she says, baby, I'm not the one that can help you. But she holds his hand, and they pray together. Yeah. So uh, from that little moment, the camera cranes up, and we see the rest of the group hanging out by other fires and we see shannon approaches saeed and she sits down to him and he seems a little like caught off guard like whoa (laughs) coming to hang out with me okay do we see kate Um, again yet uh in a second here yeah uh she sits down with him she starts telling him more about her time in france and she talks about the song lyrics was in a movie that she saw and she starts singing la mer beyond the sea Mm -hmm. and then the whole rest of the scene there's right. someone waiting for me. I don't even and do know you know what movie right. she's talking about? Yeah, Finding Nemo. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> the scene plays out with a classic lost montage at the end I'm by the fire. As you love. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes, listeners. Hey, it's not stupid Sears music, okay? It's good that music. Was La Mer. Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was irony. Yeah, we'll see. So then Boone looks on from the shadows, like Yeah, off which is kind of a creepy. Well, he's just kind of like, what? Someone's hanging out with my sister and thinks she's okay? What? What? I don't get it. So then Jack walks by and he looks at Kate, who's sitting with her toy plane, and she's just looking at it by the fire. And then the music takes over of La Mer, the piano version of La Mer, and we get our beautiful... Beautiful. (laughs) Our beautiful musical outro (laughs) that Lost always likes to give us. So that's the Lost episode 12 you got any more trivia nope i have a piece of trivia yeah what's your trivia the french version of finding nemo Mm -hmm. did not originally end with the french version of the song la mer oh so Hmm. when shannon was watching it or when shannon was whatever with that kid who was watching it all the time it wouldn't she have wouldn't. actually been in French. 
Right, unless she was watching the English version in France. <laughs> Where the end song is in French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't in French at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was actually, it was the, the English version of the song. Okay. Um, all right. So that didn't so that's really kind, that's work kind out. of a goof, but <laughs> yeah, but it was like goof. later I think changed or something. What's uh? What was your favorite moment of Buffy? This was a rough episode. This yeah, is like this it's like this was basically like so. You made a prediction after Xander was possessed by the hyena. You kind of made a prediction that like we're gonna see that happen to other characters. Yeah, and I kind of feel like, and I don't know, this happened to Buffy. Yeah, I kind of feel like yeah. this was Buffy's version of that like right. she, when she was bad yeah like yeah. xander was she wasn't really even that bad jerk. she was just like she was just like standoffish and cold well she was, i wouldn't call her bad yeah it's not like she was going around trying to kill people or eating right people you know yeah. like the hyenas did but she was just like really mean to everyone <laughs> yeah. in the same way that xander was really mean right so. okay my favorite moment of buffy was when Xander said, "Oh, they're gonna feed her dinner." <laughs> that nice. was my favorite moment too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that just stands out. It was just really the funny because the whole, the whole episode is really sort of like bitchy. Yeah, you know, dark, whatever, mopey, emotional, mopey, puffy, buffy, puffy, buffy. But I also really like Cordelia, kind of like calling Buffy out on her shit and just right. being like, "Listen." As a reigning bitch, like, let yeah. me give you some advice. You need- <laughs> Go spank your moppet. <laughs> Go spank your moppet. Like, yeah. you need to deal with it. Yeah, um, that was that was a good moment. So I liked that too. And okay, I mean, cool. it's pretty great when she's smashing the master's bones at the end too, at the end yeah. too to like work it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta smash some things. Sometimes you gotta smash some bones. Yeah. Favorite moment of Lost? What's your favorite moment of Lost? I really don't know. Um, yeah, this was kind was of a nothing like... episode too. <laughs> I feel like both of these episodes weren't really. Yeah, they were like weren't really Meh. doing it for me. I did like finding out more about Kate's backstory and confirming the fact that she, you know, that I was right about my suspicions of her. But okay. I guess my favorite moment was probably when she swipes the case when like Sawyer's like dropping the case from that like really tall kind of like distance oh yeah uh, from the tall cliff. height yeah cliff and yeah. she just like swoops in and is like <laughs> like takes the case <laughs> bad robot bad robot <laughs> like i don't know why i was just like oh shit <laughs> yeah that's that a good moment i guess my favorite part is just when she's climbing in the tree in the beginning i don't know what? like every <laughs> I don't know. you really love the trees I everything love the trees. about the trees i love the jungle i love the music and trees. trees i love tree okay yeah i don't know what to tell you i i guess that's my favorite part <laughs> it's pretty lackluster oh wow okay yeah tough tough one to figure out bohan which episode wins for you buffy yeah i gotta go not by a whole lot but i just feel like the lost is such a bland episode yeah that- I gotta, I gotta go, go with Buffy. Buffy too, even though yeah. I don't love how much of a jerk Buffy is in this episode. Yeah, it is. But the the Buffy story, the arc of the of um, basically them bringing back the big bad immediately, and just like like this almost feels like it could have been another season finale. Like it's on the same level of like stakes, stakes <laughs> of you know, like they're gonna bring the the master back. They dig him up. They got this other guy. 
who's like a new master who's brightly dressed. He looks great. Yeah, he looks so, fantastic. Yeah, and Mini Me's, you know, there and Angel's there and there's just a there's a lot going on in this episode. It's just Buffy's demeanor is kind of a buzzkill. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I I agree with you and obviously they they had to have it be a short season um because they were a mid-season replacement for another show. Yeah. So they didn't really have the luxury of, you know, dragging that story out but i do think it's nice that they didn't just move on from the master and all of a sudden there was something new like we didn't start with a new big bad really at the beginning of this episode right Um, they're still rekindling the old master a little bit yeah so yeah i i never really put that together before but i am glad that you brought that up all right. All right. Cool. Um, All right. What do you think will happen next on Buffy? Do you want to revisit your season two predictions? Nope. <laughs> because they won't matter. Okay. I'll just come up with new ones. <laughs> um, I think Buffy's attitude will turn around in episode two. I think she'll be back to regular Buffy, regular scheduled Buffy hijinks, less Huffy Buffy, more old normal Buffy. <laughs> Mini-Me will become stronger and continue to try to bring the Master back because he finds the Master's skull at the end. So he's going to use that skull to do something to bring the Master back because maybe there's some old book that tells him that all you need is a skull because that has the right amount of Master magic in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something like that i don't know he okay. needs the skull to bring the master back okay I, that's all you need to know i feel like this is like that uh that soliloquy in um hamlet oh yeah to be a master or not to be that is <laughs> it's the like question. colin maybe this is your time to shine buddy maybe yeah. you don't need to bring the master back yeah why don't you just become the master yeah colin that's all i got for now okay what do you got for Lost? For Lost, I really feel like we need a new backstory. So I feel like it's either going to be Boone or Shannon. Okay. Because we got a lot of like Shannon in this episode. Yeah, they feel ripe for a backstory. Yeah. Uh, and she talked about her time in France. So maybe we'll flash back to that. I don't know. But I think it's going to be either Boone or Shannon. And I don't think okay. we're going to find Claire for another few episodes. Mm, maybe yeah. not she until... goes missing for long times it seems yeah which i don't like yeah. because i love claire like yeah, why Claire's is great. she gone for is she too expensive or something i don't understand this so i feel like we might not even find her until like a, right before the season finale or something i'm just gonna stick by my kate thing that like obviously we know she killed someone it was yep. clearly the man she loved mm-hmm. but I'm going to stick by the fact that I think he deserved it. Okay. Yeah. What else are you reading, watching, and listening to? Oh, we just started watching that BBC series, Sherlock. Oh, the one with um, Cum- Cumberbun? <laughs> yeah. Ben- Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> and uh, Smaug. The, the Hobbit there. What's his name? Smaug. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They were both in, in uh, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. Yeah, he was Smaug. Yeah, so we uh, started rewatching that, and it's fantastic. If you haven't seen it before, oh, you, you should check it you out. You started rewatching it. You had watched it before. So we watched it. I think we watched the first two seasons or something when they first came out, mm-hmm. which was like 2010, 2011 maybe. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. And we did not remember a bit 
of it. And the so show's we started not still re-watching on, right? It. No, I think it ended, but they did like five seasons. But their seasons are weird. Like every episode's like the length of a movie. Yeah, I remember and, that. I yeah. think maybe that's part of why I never got into it. Right. But they only have like three or four episodes a season. So yeah. it's very so it's manageable. Like a mini, it's like a mini series every... Yeah, it's like a mini series. Yeah. Like, like movies. Like the 10th Kingdom. Know? <laughs> sure. I haven't seen that. It's great. I don't think you would like it. I think Amy would love it, but I don't think you yeah. would. I don't know. Can't predict this one. No, I don't think you'd like it. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> it's fairy tale stuff. <laughs> yeah, probably wouldn't like it. What about you? What have you seen? Uh, well, I'm still working my way through Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is like my third probably rewatch. Um, I just throw it on as like background kind of. Yeah. Um, or if I like want to watch something while I'm eating lunch and Dave's not home. But we also started watching Schitt's Creek, which has been recommended to us so many times. We wa- we had watched the first episode a while ago and just both were like, mm, nah. Yeah. So we just watched the pilot episode this past week as well. Because Kathleen recommended it. Oh, is that why? Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. I think my wife had kept like wanting to check it out and then she finally just floated by me one night and i was like sure let's put it on that's so funny but, now you and i could talk about Shit's creek too <laughs> but we only saw the pilot it didn't really grab us though i try i so we felt the same exact way yeah. try watching the second episode okay i just give I it mean, a shot i, I mean, found the characters 20 something minutes i found the characters and the actors interesting i think it was the setting of just like the motel and just like the town i was like i don't what this doesn't seem like there's enough here yeah for me to keep my attention yeah and but, that's there isn't really but <laughs> it is not, but it is but the personalities like yeah. that's that's what does it and to i think when i first started watching it i was like they're too much for me like the personalities yeah. are just too much so right. yeah then we watched the second episode and we were just cracking up and we both looked at each other and we were like why didn't we like this before <laughs> like this is phenomenal um, yeah okay i'll give it another shot yeah. we'll 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 continue on yeah see what and you I'll, I'll report back again yeah. it's only you know it's only 20 something minutes they're short episodes yeah um and i've been watching whose line is it anyway oh what a great show yeah because you referenced it in episode um 11 yeah and when you were singing <laughs> yes <laughs> that yeah. i was very whose lines in anyway and i was like i watched that a lot too when i was younger oh, such a good show it's so enjoyable. That's a great thing yeah. to watch when you just need a good pick-me-up. Yeah, I agree. So, I should check that out. Yeah. And that's that's it. I'm not really reading or listening to anything else. Yeah, me neither. So. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, this was fun. Yeah. As always, a great time. Happy to be back and watching both shows again. I am too. And I... Whoo, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. There's some exciting stuff happening and I can't <laughs> wait. And I'm like, my voice keeps going up. It sure is. <laughs> Dave and I were talking about it and I was like, something is going to happen. And I like okay. looked up. All when, right. Don't get too excited. And I was excited. Don't leaky bucket. All right. So listen and subscribe to us as always on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the places. All the Don't places. Don't forget to rate us. If you can and you have time and you love us, thank you, thank you, thank you. And also share with your friends, get your Buffy and Lost friends or, you know, just friends who haven't seen this show yet. You should recommend them. Yeah, I actually have a friend who had like occasionally watched episodes here and there. And she 
is now watching them was like sending me snippets and was like this totally reminded me of you and i was like yay and Uh, she's listening to the podcast now too yeah so everyone everybody should listen and we should have more kickers and streamers it'll be fun and send us your thoughts too you know please do so speaking of which you can send us emails but try not to send any spoilers or if you are like if you're like sammy this is buffy stuff and i want to talk to you about it just make sure you put like buffy spoiler in the headline you know subject line um and same for law spoiler so we can direct the email appropriately send your emails to kickstreampod at gmail.com um you can also follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at kickstreampod and check out show notes for this and every episode at kickingstreaming.com thanks Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for watching with us, for listening. And remember, Pat and everybody else, streaming streaming is is better with always better with with friends. friends. Streaming is always better with friends. Steaming is better with friends. (laughs) Well, steaming is, but also streaming (laughs) is better with friends. Always. One day we'll get this right. One day we will seamlessly outro. But that's not today. Steamlessly outro. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.